Hi, this is Lindsay for the Road to Employment interview series and podcast, where we are speaking with students and recent graduates on their school-to-work transition and how their expectations of life after graduation compare with the reality of what they are facing upon entering the workforce. So today we're speaking with Melissa, who is a law graduate from McGill University. She's also currently pursuing bar school here in Montreal. And today we're going to speak to her about the school-to-work transition. So Melissa, can you tell me briefly about yourself in terms of your education and current work pursuits? I have an undergraduate from Concordia in psychology. I did that for three and a half years. And then I changed and came to McGill to pursue a career in law. And I'm, like you said, currently studying at the bar and hopefully going to be taking my exam in May and hopefully succeeding. <laughs> um, in terms of work, I have been working pretty much since I was 15 years old, doing it concurrently with school. This semester, as of January, is going to be actually the first time that I'm not working at the same time. A little bit of a culture shock <laughs> on my part. Can you just speak a little bit in terms of your progress from getting from your first undergrad to this in terms of what you did that you think maybe be helpful to other students who are considering program in law? Well, for me, my, my choice before I even started uh, actually Concordia, I was debating whether to go straight into McGill, um, which has been said to be very difficult coming out of CJEP, or pursuing an undergrad and then pursuing law. For me, it was really just a feeling that I had that I wasn't ready for McGill. I wasn't ready for, for the type of uh, commitment that law required. Maybe I wasn't mature enough. I'm not quite sure exactly what it was, but I just I really felt like I wasn't ready. So I was like, I'm going to go to Concordia. I'm going to do an undergrad in psychology, which I loved. So it wasn't to me it wasn't a waste of time. It was really beneficial. Uh, definitely helped me to improve my skills. And in terms of McGill and its application. It requires a high degree of involvement with the community that I really didn't have in CJEP. Mm -hmm. So when I got into Concordia, I was really able to, to do that. Mm -hmm. And so I think that really helped me get into McGill because I had these extra skills that I learned from Concordia through the program and was able to kind of apply myself a little bit more. Exactly, and I think obviously some students may be ready right out of CJEP, but exactly. you, you'd be graduating very yeah. young from law school, yeah, and exactly. it's really nice to have peers that were in your program that come from all different backgrounds, whether yeah. it's political science, psychology. Yeah, it's right across, and there's also quite a few CJEP students. And can you tell me a little bit about what you think from your Concordia experience and your previous work experience? What do you think really set you apart in terms of a candidate for law school, because I know it is quite competitive? To get into. I definitely did really well in, at Concordia. I was in the honors program, so I think that was part of it, but I also know that the grades aren't everything, and definitely getting involved in the community, and because of the program I was in, I was able to um, participate in a research project, and I think that kind of helped because you're, you're really getting involved with the community, you're contributing to the community, and that is really for the benefit of everybody, and in that experience, I really learned a lot about dealing with other people and kind of seeing the bigger picture that is not necessarily always about you and sometimes you have to give a little bit more um, and I definitely learned a lot from the experience that I was able to convey in my letter to McGill when I made my application. Okay, and can you tell me a little bit about your experience as a law student in terms of the caliber of classes, your involvement, were you involved purely just in terms of the academic sense or did you get involved in any other ways while you were um, studying I think once I started McGill I kind of, not necessarily lost the drive, I did try to participate in the other events and I, I did uh, get myself involved with a woman in criminal law. Okay. At the time I was super interested in criminal law okay. so I was like yes let's do this. After time uh, school kind of took over. It's five classes a semester. Some students take six. Mm -hmm. I opted for one less because I was working at the same time. Mm -hmm. I was very uh, strict on myself that I really wanted to continue working. It was very important for me to kind of have both. Mm -hmm. 
and I found I was I benefited from from the work experience as well. My first year was a little bit of a culture shock for sure. The classes were definitely difficult and it was a different method of studying from psychology. So it, mm -hmm. it took some time to get used to. But once you get into your second year, you're a lot more comfortable. Mm -hmm. You're new long, no longer the new student. So exactly. you definitely got easier. And as time time went on by the third and a half year, it was definitely much better. Yeah, it's always an adjustment period. You know, that's, the first year is always the hardest going exactly. from you know, high school to Sejip, from Sejip yeah. to university, from yeah. program to program. It's always a different level in terms of the study skills that yeah. are required, the type of projects or assignments that are required. So yeah. in terms of now that you've graduated from law school, which is mm -hmm. amazing, congratulations Thank you. by the way. <laughs> and now you're in bar school, so mm -hmm. can you tell me about that period of adjustment also from going from law school to bar school because I know it's obviously very separate yes, in many ways. Yes, very separate and a lot less time to get used to it. Mm -hmm. Bar school is only four months. Um, I chose to do it in four months as opposed to the eight, which is also an option. But you don't have a year to get used to the program, so you have to kind of shorten that and say, okay, two weeks and then you have to get into the groove of it and start getting into it. Different universities for law tend to teach you different methods of, of learning and McGill is more research oriented in my personal opinion. Research as well as more theoretically based as opposed to using the code. Mm -hmm. So more for researchers as opposed to practitioners and I'm very interested in being a practitioner. So in that sense I was it's a little bit different, definitely not used to using the code and that's a huge difference with some of my colleagues right now who may have come from a different university who did focus on the code and, and reading the code and utilizing the code in such a way that you need to in order to pass the bar. Mm -hmm. And in terms of now looking back, mm -hmm. now that you're already into bar school now and looking back onto your you know, three, three and a half yeah. years here at McGill, what would you say is something that you think is really critical in terms of the learning process or anything you think is missing in terms of preparing you for your future steps in terms of entering the workforce. You're looking back in hindsight that um, you think that you would have liked to have participated in. I wanted to be a litigation lawyer mm -hmm. and there is a side program that allows you to do that but it's for a limited number of students okay. so you're applying again within McGill to get in mm -hmm. and I, I didn't get in which was fine but it's unfortunate because I didn't have the opportunity to kind of develop my skills and improve and and kind of use that as a stepping stone to um, further my career. So that that was a little bit of a disappointing experience for mm -hmm. me. And I think that, that situation is probably quite similar across the board oh, for all programs. Oh, definitely, I definitely, mean, definitely. Because this is it's a, a it's a national competition. So mm -hmm. I totally, absolutely, one hundred percent understand the requirement to have a certain mm -hmm. level. Um, it would be great if that could kind of be extracted into somewhat of a program that allows you to kind of develop those skills, especially for somebody who. Um, might be a little bit nervous getting up there, but you know, just needs to get into the groove of it before they move forward. Exactly. You know? and but I think it's something that's really lacking, not even just in law, but oh, across definitely. the board. Is absolutely. That, and I guess it, you know, unfortunately reflects the nature of the job market. It's competitive. Exactly. You're going to apply to a absolutely. job, and there's going to be 100 candidates that you're competing against, so it's going to be competitive there, yeah. and also in. In terms of education opportunities, obviously there's internships, co-ops. Exactly, there's definitely a competition element. And in terms of your plans after bar school, so I know you have to sit an exam and that it's quite competitive yes. there as well in, yes. terms of, <laughs> in terms of the passing rate. So do you have any hesitations about that or oh, any lots concerns? Of <laughs> You're probably um, not alone. <laughs> no, no, definitely not. It's definitely a concern all the way through. I mean, mm -hmm. it's a first of all, it's a different way of marking. Mm -hmm. um, that's definitely one element. and. I, I think as a McGill student, you kind of tend to try and read between the lines. A lot of the exams I found were kind of like that. You have to think bigger, mm -hmm. you know, and that was great because it helped you to expand, you know, thinking outside the box. For the bar, you kind of have to be a little bit more specific, so definitely a little bit concerned, but hopefully over the next couple months, I'll be able to kind of refine my skills and, and 
answer the questions appropriately yeah. to successfully pass. <laughs> I'm sure there's a little bit of a community factor there as well. You guys all band For together sure. and yeah. and pull each other through. So. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and nice to have the moral support. And in terms of your plans after, so now you've graduated and after yes. bar school. Uh, so in order to actually get called to the bar, which is where you actually become a lawyer, you have to do a six month stage. Uh, I am lucky enough to have one right now. Um, I got offered one actually from where I was working previously. Uh, so I'm very excited about that because that's a huge stress off your back. You don't have to worry about it. However, there are other students who don't have the stage, but I've been told that um, there are stages available. <laughs> so McGill offers like a cool stage, stash, which is your ability to um, apply to certain firms and get a stage early on, which is great because if you have it, you're good. You don't need to worry about it. But luckily, there are also lots of opportunities at the bar itself um, for other students who don't have it. So that's, it's comforting to know that even if I didn't have this stage, I would have other opportunities at the bar. And what are your expectations for the stage? Do you know exactly what's going to be required or how the training or learning process is going to be? It's really day-to-day -day practice. It's really whatever it is that the, the company does every day and what the lawyers do and what their practice is. There are obviously certain requirements that have to be met and you're going to have a maître de stage, so a mentor who mm -hmm. will be assessing you and all the work that's given to them, uh, or to you rather, would be assessed according to them. Okay. Those, not necessarily marks, but those kind of ratings and comments would be sent to the bar who would then kind of assess it and, and determine if you're eligible to essentially be called to the role. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a long process. It's a long yeah. process. It's definitely not just a stage, go up, show up to yeah. work and you get it done. It's There's a marking process, there's an assessment process. They're very serious about mm -hmm. who they let to the bar and with reason it's a very um, it's a dependent profession in the sense that the clients that come to you require your expertise and you really you need to have those expertise or at least be able to find out where to get them from. Exactly. Um, it's it's more about protection of the public, which is very important. So it's understandable the, the high hoops that you have to jump through. They can't just give it to anybody and everybody. So. Exactly, and that's the thing. It's a really professional program yeah, where you're exactly. not only going through the schooling process, but obviously going through the exams and through the governmental regulations yeah, and exactly. all of that. So it is definitely a time-consuming endeavor, but will be worthwhile once you get yeah. into the job market. So in terms of the job market, what are your expectations? Do you know what the current trends are or what you're looking for once your stage passes by and once you are hopefully called to the, yeah. to the bar? <laughs> well, in my personal uh, situation, I do have a position after my stage. It was an agreement between us that it would continue. Some okay. students benefit from this, that they, after their stage, they do get called back. Mm -hmm. Others, it's a little bit more uncertain. Either they will be asked to return or the company might decide that they'll just kind of hire in a new fresh stagiaires and, and use them for the years to come, okay. in which case they'd have to go obviously find a job. Like I'm lucky again, like I said, that I do have a position after my stage. Mm -hmm. However, arguably, like any employee, you're always subject to the norms of the company. Mm -hmm. So. Hopefully everything will work out and exactly. I will still have a job after <laughs> the end. <laughs> exactly, and that's the thing. It's, it's reassuring to know that, and then obviously a lot of people who are in other programs at the university level that don't have that kind of transitional period yeah. between finishing your courses and getting into the job market, there's a lot more Just, anxiety and stress there, but of course there's things that are uncontrollable and okay. you can be offered something and exactly. there's a little bit of uncertainty about yeah. that as well, but it sounds like you're definitely on the right track. I've been very lucky, I mean, yeah. but obviously at, at some yeah. point I might decide to take a different career change and yeah. I'm going to be in-house, so it's within a company. Um, I don't know, maybe at some point I'll have a drive to go into a firm, which is yeah. a very different life mm -hmm. culture as well. So, mm -hmm. And some students prefer to do the opposite, start off at a firm with the kind of high competitive rate within, within the company itself mm -hmm. and then go to somewhere that's a little bit more relaxed and 
regular hours. Yeah. <laughs> and you mentioned that you felt very lucky to be offered this opportunity, and I find yeah. it something that is common for us to say in our generations that, oh, we're so lucky to have found this job or to have yeah. gotten this opportunity, but I think from what you said so far is that you definitely have to work very hard to earn it, yeah. starting back in Concordia, yeah. making sure that you had a competitive application to come into yeah. the program here, working hard while you're here, and it's continual learning experience and process, so it's, it's funny that we all say we're lucky, but I think it's a lot of hard work and it dedication and yeah. long hours. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, I mean, you're, you're within that same cohort that had to do the exact same things you did, that had to achieve those same milestones mm -hmm. and jump through those same hoops, so exactly. to be able to get it even after having done all that, it's, it's, it's rewarding, it's exactly. definitely rewarding. So I'm sure that throughout this whole process here that it hasn't been always up, so there's been many downs as well, and you know, to transition from mm -hmm. one step to the next. So is there anything that you can think back in terms of your experience thus far where you've had a moment where you've been like, this is just not going to work out, I'm going to have to stop this, mm -hmm. and what did you do to overcome that anxiety or that hesitation about the next step in your process? I think as a law student, you kind of have a lot of those moments <laughs> where you're like, I can't do this. Probably this is a daily just, occurrence. Is, yeah, exactly. Um, I definitely had some doubts in my first year as to whether this really was for me. Um, I, I don't think I was as prepared as Concordia made me to study and all that. I wasn't as familiar with um, the content of McGill Law. And that was my fault for not having kind of investigated a little bit further. So when I started, I was like, this is really different from, from Concordia. And can I do this? Can I, can I think in the way that McGill Law needs me to think in order to answer these types of questions? Um, so I think after my midterms in December, because there were year-long classes in your first year, and I got my grades back and I'm like, I've never gotten grades this low before. Granted, uh, McGill kind of ranks on, on a different scale, but they were still low in my opinion. Mm -hmm. And I, I was a little bit shocked by that and I was like, okay, is this really what I want to do? Because obviously I'm going to have to put in a lot more work, a lot more effort, and, and kind of change the way I'm doing things in order to succeed in and get the grades that I want and frankly that I think I deserve in the end mm -hmm. but um, I still need to put in a lot more work obviously. Mm -hmm. um, it was definitely a moment of reflection and, and kind of thinking it over and saying can you do this? Can you do this in the long run even if you get past this year with whatever marks you get? Can you do this for the next two and a half years? Can you do the bar? Because you're definitely thinking about the bar. Mm -hmm. So the first year I really had a whole moment of planning it out, thinking, okay, what do I need to do? How do I need to do it? Can I do it? I said, yes, I could do it. Mm -hmm. So I, I went forward with it. And I, I don't think I had a moment since then that has been that intense, um, that really made me question, is law the right thing for me? Should I get out now mm -hmm. before I spend too much time, change routes altogether? Mm -hmm. Thankfully, I haven't had another moment like that. I'm, I'm pretty comfortable with it. I, I, you still get anxiety every once in a while going, okay, did I make the right decision? You take a breath and then you kind of think it through and says yes, you know, it's just it's just a hard patch. You have to get through the hard patch and not everything comes easy. So mm -hmm. you have to just work a little bit harder. And it took it takes getting used to, especially when, for me anyways, I always did super well in school. Mm -hmm. So to come to a program that really challenged you on that was rewarding in the mm -hmm. sense that you definitely worked harder and you said, I can do this. I just need to put more work into it. Mm -hmm. Really kind of adapt and, and get used to the new method of doing it because mm -hmm. your method might not work anymore. So mm -hmm. you need to adjust. So that, yeah, first year was definitely the, the biggest hump that I had to get over. Bar school, 
less so. I, I haven't had a moment, which is good. I think because I've kind of got over that already and I said, no, I know I want to do law. I know this is what I want to do. Mm -hmm. And I know I have to go through topics that I don't really enjoy in order to get to the end because in the end, I kind of choose what area I want to go into and that's where I can flourish, even mm -hmm. if I won't flourish in another topic that really doesn't interest me. Exactly. And looking back, is there a time where you had an expectation either prior to coming to law school or at the start of law school that now going through the whole process that you really say, okay, that was an expectation and it was completely false? Oh, I was actually dead set on going into criminal law. Mm -hmm. Dead set. A hundred. I, everybody I knew said, Mel's going into criminal law, that's what she's going to study. I want to be a defense lawyer. I was super pumped. I may have watched a little bit of Law and Order, but I kind of knew that wasn't the reality, but just the topics, it, just, it was super interesting. Mm -hmm. And then I took a criminal law class, and as interesting as it was, I was like, this isn't for me. This type of, not necessarily thought process, but just the way you have to approach criminal law is somewhat different, I find, than some of the other areas. Mm -hmm. And I, I felt like I just didn't have the skill set for it, and I wasn't sure if I would be able to develop it, but I didn't have that same passion that I had from before. And then a couple semesters later, I took employment law and I was like, "This, I love this. This topic is just amazing. I, I enjoyed it. I read the laws. I just I understood it so much better. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, no, this is the route I want to take. So very different from criminal. I think people are a little bit shocked because I was really gung-ho on criminal. Exactly. So yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it's definitely has changed. That's quite a common experience. I mean, my plan was to go into law school yeah. when I started off in university, but I took psychology and I was more drawn towards you know that and there's different paths yeah. that you take that lead you to different you know answers that exactly. you initially thought out so it's always interesting to see the you know the thought process and where you started off and where you've ended up I think very a lot of people are shocked that I'm not <laughs> going that way some were happy some were shocked yeah. But yeah yeah and to ask a very typical interview question where yes. do you see yourself in five years um hopefully a lawyer <laughs> hopefully still working where I am because I do enjoy it the diversity that I have so um, definitely in a company because I, I would like that environment it's definitely very different from a firm environment um, married with one child at least <laughs> but still working definitely want to keep my career going and um, and focus on that too I don't want to lose sight of what I enjoy doing and so for our very last question can you tell me what is the biggest piece of career advice that you've ever received and do you have a piece of career advice for our viewers? Received? Before I took my stage, my boss who offered me the position asked me, I think almost 14 times, are you sure you want this? So in that, I kind of took it from her, like make sure you think about what you want and then go after it. Mm -hmm. You know, don't, don't let other people kind of convince you otherwise. And I, I told her, this is what I want mm -hmm. and this is what I want to do. So not necessarily career advice, but I took it as advice to kind of really think about what you mm -hmm. want. And I guess that goes the same for people who are watching. Definitely think about what you want and don't be afraid to change your mind. Mm -hmm. Definitely don't stay if you don't enjoy it because you have to find what you love. There's like the saying that says, you know, you won't work a day in your life if you love what you do. Find that, exactly. find that and, and go after it and don't give up. Yeah, and nowadays obviously it requires much more of our generation in terms of getting to the next level. Maybe, you know, in our parent generation, yeah. graduating high school, stage up was enough to, you know, get a, get a good job out of school and then obviously work your way up to the company. Exactly. But now for many jobs and careers, you need 
the minimum of bachelor's level, if not the master's or exactly. professional programs. Yeah. Different in that sense, but you know, you get started and you get your time invested in a program. It could be one or two years, but if you realize at that point that it's not for you, if you realize 10 years into the process, it's yeah. never too late to really exactly. come back. And exactly. as I said, if you enjoy something, it's going to be worthwhile in the end and not to you know, spend your whole life working in a job Miserable. just because you started off thinking that when you were you know, 16 or 17 that that was the job for you, you can change your mind. I think that's a great piece of uh, career advice in terms of always thinking through your yes, decisions, pushing it as, at every turn and exactly. finding something that you love and pursuing it. It's definitely okay to have doubts because, you know, everybody has doubts, but you have to work through them and you really have to, that's, that's kind of where you start to question it a little bit more and where you can really dig deep and say, okay, what do I want? How do I want it? Can I get there? And do I have a timeline? And if I do, I'll get it done in timeline. Exactly. So thank you so much, Melissa, for joining us today. We really appreciate all of your insight for our viewers. Thank you for listening in today, and we hope to see you next time on the School to Work podcast. That's all the time we have. Thank you so much for listening. I'm looking to interview students and graduates who can share their school and work experiences. If you have a story to share, please feel free to reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you. Stay tuned for more employment advice at roadtoemployment.ca.